comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined as usual by... Pierce. Hey, guys. And we are back to our Netflix series. This mm-hmm. week we're discussing a movie that was just recently, as of the time we record this anyway, put on to Netflix Instant. Yep. And it's a movie I've been meaning to see for a long time, never got around to it, and a movie, I, I guess the same is true for you as well. Yes. It nope. was your suggestion. It, yeah. Can, can we entitle this episode, Pierce Makes Horrible Mistakes? <laughs> uh, no, it'll be titled the name of the movie, oh, so well, people are okay. to know what it is. But... Well, we I need to tag this. That could be the off. quote. Yeah, Pierce makes horrible mistakes. Um, this was a movie that you suggested. You had yes. not seen, which I think this is the first time we've chosen a movie that neither of us had seen, right? I think. So. Well, no. You, I mean, I had seen series seven. You before had seen I series seven, it. and then what was my? Oh yeah, my suggestion was Trollman, which, which we both seen. Yeah. So this was the first one that we both kind of entered, not knowing. We both heard good things. We both heard it's a tough. I, no, movie. I didn't hear good things. You uh, heard it was a tough movie. I read it. There was a Reddit thread, and this was, and the name wasn't technically this, but it was like, what movie would like kill your soul when you watch it? And like, and the number one post was Requiem for a Dream. I was like, oh, interesting. And then the post right below was like, oh yeah, it's on Netflix now. I was like, oh yeah, let's try that. And I'm an idiot. So <laughs> uh, before we progress any further, should we should we drop the uh, not safe for work tag here? No, um, I don't think so. I think it, well, we can we can talk around things and talk in PG thirteen terms about. Well, just just let people know that this movie this is movie very, deals with some very adult subject matter. We will discuss it in passing, but not in super gory detail. No, but there is um, also nudity in the movie. Uh, yeah, but not not in our podcast that you can tell. Uh, we're not yeah, saying we're saying, wearing pants. Uh, nope, um, nope, definitely not. He, you're not wearing pants. You're wearing shorts. I'm wearing pants. I feel very com- uncomfortable around your bare legs. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much hair. So we're going to be discussing Requiem for a Dream, as always, with the Netflix series. Uh, this portion right now, spoiler-free. We're going to discuss some basic plot elements, but nothing you wouldn't know from reading like the back of the DVD box or something. Then we will go into our recommendations, movies we thought about when watching this, movies that are similar to it in various thematic ways, many of which will be available on Netflix, not all. And then, of course, we will move into our spoiler-filled portion where we will discuss everything in detail, although, again, we will try to keep it non-explicit as best as possible. We'll see how we can do. Yep. If it's marked explicit on iTunes, hey, you'll know it was explicit. Anyway, so this was a 2000 film directed by Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. Um, who has directed The Fighter, The Wrestler, Black Swan, Pi. Uh, he's working on a Noah movie right Pi. now. I've actually, despite the fact that he's a well-known director, he almost directed The Wolverine, and then uh, for various scheduling reasons, I think he had to drop out of that one. But for such a well-known and acclaimed director, I've only seen two movies from him now. See, the thing is, I had never seen anything of his. I'd seen yeah. Black Swan, which I liked quite a bit. thought it was very good. Weird, but good. And then I finally have seen this. I had nothing against the guy. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, and a lot of his stuff wasn't really available on, like, instant streaming. Um, although now it seems to be that more of these uh, higher, held in higher regard directors are starting to let their stuff be viewed there as well, which is very nice, because I like to expand my film knowledge and knowledge of film history. So, Pierce, this was your decision to watch this movie, mm-hmm. to which you put into our group chat you'd made a huge mistake after yes. you had watched it. I watched it first. I, uh, you asked me what I thought, and I refused to tell you, except that it would make you afraid of refrigerators. Which it didn't, honestly. I was rooting for the fridge the whole time. 
So you were not a fan of this movie? Not that I wasn't a fan. I read online... Basically, the, the best summary of this movie that I can ever put to is, if you want your children to never do drugs, you need to show them this movie. I mean, I would disagree with that. Really? Yes, I would say if you want to replicate the effect of D.A.R.E. on your children by actively encouraging drugs while you think you're discouraging them, show them this movie. That said, we can get into that. Yeah. This is a movie that is very heavily about drug use. Mm-hmm. Not just illegal types, but all types of drug use. Not even actual drugs, but just the things that people turn into drugs in their yeah. life. It's a movie about obsession. It's a movie about people just trying to cope with regular day-to-day life it's a, it's a and movie about, failing miserably. It's a movie about making it. like Essentially, yeah. Trying to attain the American dream in the 2000s, where it is now impossible. Yeah. In many ways. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie is about four main characters. You've got Sarah Goldfarb. You have her son, Harry Goldfarb. I thought it was Farm with an M. Uh, according to Wikipedia, which I'm looking at right here, yeah, it's Farb. Also, I've never heard of anyone named Goldfarm, but I have heard of people named Goldfarb. Which is odd, because that makes less sense. But okay, continue. If you say so. Farb probably has a meaning. Um, his oh. girlfriend, Harry's girlfriend, Marion Silver. And to break the trend completely, his best friend, Tyrone C. Love. Yep. I guess we're going with gold, silver, and love, but it would make more sense. Maybe the C stands for copper. Who knows? Yeah, but, I mean, it's the it's the thing people stand, uh, search for in the world. Gold, mm-hmm. silver, and, you know, love. So. Sure. Yeah. Tyrone and Harry are drug addicts, as is Marion. And the three of them are trying to make it, like you said, and they decide we're going to... I guess it's... My knowledge of the drug trade is uh, small compared to some folks, so bear with me here. But, but you're the one that's watched Breaking Bad, so... That's meth. I understand the meth trade. No. Um, <laughs> the show's not about meth. It's about the characters. Their intent is to buy a small amount of heroin, break it down into smaller chunks, sell it for a profit, repeat the process until they've gotten rich. doesn't exactly require knowledge of the drug trade. That's just basic economics. Mm-hmm. You know, you buy eggs at, in groups of 10,000. You sell them for 12 apiece at a profit. You buy more eggs. Exactly. Et cetera. Harry and, and Marion, they want to take that money and basically build like a design studio for her so she can become a fashion designer. Yeah, basically they don't want to do drugs forever. They want to go legit, I mean, I guess is what you can say. And they keep saying stuff along those lines, you know, we just, we yeah. gotta do this one more time, we gotta do this, you know, whatever. And Tyrone basically just wants to get off the streets and make his mother proud, um, despite the fact that we only ever see the mother in like two flashbacks. Because she's dead. Yeah. So she's not going to be particularly proud. She's dead. Spoilers. I'm say, this is supposed to be the non-spoiler It's not a spoiler. I mean, it's from the beginning. You don't even think about his mother until you find out she's dead. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Meanwhile, Harry's mother, Sarah, is just kind of an... Would it be offensive to say old bitty? Is that an offensive term? I don't no, think she's just a widow. Yeah, but she's 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 a widow. But I mean, she she hangs out on lawn chairs in front of her apartment building with the other old ladies, kind of golden girl, girl style. With but see, money. I think the point is she doesn't. She, well, she did doesn't that. Fit in. Well, not even that she doesn't fit in. She did it a couple times, but she chooses to not do that, which I think is an important point because I think if she spent every day out there with them, it would be a completely different outcome. I would argue that highly. Really? Because who's the one who tells her, you should try these weight loss pills? Who's the ones who kind of work as, um, what's the term I'm looking for in, in drug culture? They uh, Enabler? Yeah, enablers. See, I didn't think they, they were enablers. Like, I think they complimented their friend, but I think because... I'm not saying they were purposefully enablers. Oh, no, 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 I know. And, and, and Most I, enablers are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly the sentence I was about to say. Uh, but, like, 
if she had been around them as much as they were around each other, because the idea is that outside her of her apartment complex, there's just these old women um, sitting in lawn chairs, sitting in lawn chairs, heckling and joking and yeah. nitpicking whatever old women do. Um, in, in, and they are in Brighton Beach, Brooklyn, we should say. Yes, right and by whereas Coney Island. the other characters are more just kind of dealing drugs around Coney Island, but that kind of yeah. area in general. Before Coney Island got cleaned up a little bit more. But, uh, <laughs> Coney Island's still super. But sketchy. so we mentioned uh, there's pills or something she's involved with. So she is a television addict who yes. is who is addicted to watching like a particular. I wasn't sure if it was an infomercial. Well, the thing is, there's only two Oprah shows. Program? There's only two shows shown in the entire movie. Right. Um, there's a infomercial for a ring, like That's a true, QVC yeah. style, you know, program, and then this infomercial like do it yourself. It feels like a mix between like a John Edwards, specifically the psychic John Edwards, not the politician John Edwards, or the other John Edwards who are famous around the same time, which got confusing. But the psychic one, Oprah, and a Tony Robbins and a infomercial. See, I, I all mixed took it, into I one. took it as a as a weight loss self help thing. Was yeah, but self. I wouldn't say it was like specifically weight loss, just like self help. But in it general. was specifically. Weight and loss. he did talk a lot about that because he, he talked a lot about points. a lot of things. Well, yeah, but his points were no red meat, no added sugar. Like they were, but all among weight. many other things, he uh, talked about yeah. a lot of random. And stuff. it was called juice and juice. But, you and know, juice was a was an acronym. acronym. I, can't I forget what it's for. But they would uh, they would do this channel. It was juice. Uh, uh, Pierce has got juice. Pierce has got juice. Juice by Pierce. Juice, juice by, by Pierce. Pierce. Really oh. annoying. Yeah, and, and they'd be like, "We got a winner. We got a winner. We got a winner." And, and I should say, when I say it's annoying, it feels very accurate to that type of whatever it is. Yeah. But it's also something that annoys me in real life. Any of those kinds of things. So she's a t- television addict. She watches the show constantly, and it's never really clear to me: is it one episode, like a? infomercial or is it a series because it seems to be the same thing every time i believe it's the same thing every time and i think that's the point and, and i can totally yeah. get behind that and then she as this television addict gets a phone call or a letter in the mail which was it she gets a phone call first she has a phone call basically saying we're not selling you anything miss goldfar but you have won the chance to be a contestant on a television program yeah now they make it seem to be like a no game no because it says you've already won over well, and over you, again. you've won the chance to win, basically. You are going to be a contestant, but that doesn't mean you're going to win anything. That's okay, how those I, I heard it as, you know, you won. You have won. You've won a chance to be on the show. Okay. But that doesn't mean you're going to win anything. Yeah. Now, granted, they never said it's that show that she's watching. Right, which is what I was trying to get to. Oh, yeah. Like, she she's watching the show, and she's, like, having fantasies about being on the show, but I don't think it's ever made clear that it's not a game show. It's just the show she identifies with, I guess. I mean, I think... It's what I, she visualizes when she thinks TV and f- famousness and... Well, I, I mean, it's it's a show about success and, and steps towards success because the whole thing is there's, you know, and I think the show really is a representation of the entire movie. You know, there's three steps, you know, and there's really, I guess you could say, three acts to... There's a lot of threes in this movie. Brighton Beach, Brooklyn. Yeah. The th- I mean, there's four main characters, but there's kind of three stories. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so basically... It is a representation of success, and it constantly parallels, in this particular case, I guess, her searching for success and what su- success looks like in her mind. In her mind, yes. Yeah. Uh, so she gets this call saying, you've won the chance. And it, granted, it's, it's, it is you've only won the chance, because, well, that goes into spoilers. But she's won the chance to be a contestant, and that's the way these things work. You you know, if they choose you, you know, you're going to be part of a pool, and maybe you get on, maybe you don't. But... You're one step further. You know, three steps, if you will. You're on the first step. 
And she starts to become obsessed with, A, getting on the show, but B, she's a widow, like you mentioned. Her husband, Seymour, Harry's dad, has been dead for some time. We don't know exactly how long. But I would say less than ten years, like maybe five. I don't know, long enough that, you know... Because they keep going back to the photo of Harry's high school graduation, and I wouldn't say he's in his 30s. I would say Harry's was like 20, 21, 22. Mid-20s, mid somewhere in there. So it hasn't been that long, because his dad was alive at his graduation. But so she's got this photo from Harry's graduation. High where, school graduation, we should say. Yes, where he, I don't think he went to college. Exactly. Where he didn't graduate. Yeah. Um, where she's wearing this red dress, and she's put on some weight. The, the character's played by Ellen Bernstein, we should say. Right, no idea who that was. A very famous actor. Can I just say, they did a great job of aging her. Oh, yeah, because I didn't recognize her until, as she starts to lose weight, I was like, oh, that's her. Okay, I've seen her in plenty yeah. of things. Um, Jennifer Conley plays Marilyn. Jared Leto plays Harry. And uh, Yeah, who is that guy that played Harry? Because I'm like, I know you from something, but I don't know it's what It's Jared is. Leto. He's a musician and an actor. I have no idea. You You've know I don't seen know names. Exactly, that, that's my thing. I'm yeah, like, I, I can't think of specific examples, but okay. you have seen him in things. I know he's in Dallas Buyers Club coming up because I've seen him in the trailer. He lost like an obscene amount of weight to be in that movie. Probably not healthy, but hey, it's his life, not mine, and it looks like a very good movie, so whatever. So she becomes obsessed with fitting into this red dress and in talking to the other, again, I hope this is not an offensive term, old biddies out in front of the building, she gets the word of, my daughter lost 30 pounds or 60 pounds or whatever by just taking these pills that the doctor gave her. They're safe, they're whatever, they're whatever. You should call your doctor and ask. So she does, and the doctor gives her speed, essentially. These are amphetamines of some type. And amphetamines are used for many things. I've been on amphetamines before for ADHD, so I'm familiar with some of the effects. I mean, I wasn't on anything even close to what she was on. But amphetamines are dangerous. <laughs> you know, talking about meth, they can be very dangerous. You want, If you're using them for a legitimate medical purpose, use them with your doctor. They were very helpful with my ADHD. They were not very helpful with this character's weight. Well, they will help. Let's be honest. She lost a ton of weight. But the whole crux of the movie is, for her story, it doesn't go well for her taking these drugs. She takes one one instead of breakfast, one instead of lunch, one instead of dinner, and one with breakfast, which is a sedative to fall asleep. Orange with dinner and green at night. Yeah, to be a sedative to knock her out. Because you need that with uh, amphetamines if you're not using them correctly. And so she basically develops uh, amphetamine psychosis, psychosis and she starts very quickly becoming addicted to them and abusing them and hallucinating and just basically just trying to follow this. If I can lose the weight, then I can get into the dress, which means I can get on the show, which means I can be famous, which means my son will be proud of me, and he'll marry the girl of his dreams for some reason that's connected in her mind, mm-hmm. and everything will be right again. And so that's her story. Like we already said, Tyrone and uh, Marion and Harry, they're trying to sell this heroin and make a profit on it so they can get off the streets, open this business. Not trying. They do. To various levels of success. But, I mean, that is their that is their course of actions about the yeah. movie. And it's a very dark movie. It is. It is. It gets goes to some very interesting places. Some very bad things happen to these characters. Um, not And that's I wouldn't say that's a spoiler because it's very clear that this is not going to go well from the beginning. When your first fantasy you see in the movie is them, uh, like five minutes in, Tyrone and Harry stealing a police officer's gun and um, basically playing a game of, uh, I don't know, is it called Pickle? Uh, Monkey in the Middle. Or Monkey in the Middle, you know, where basically they're on either side of him throwing his gun over his head. You're like, oh, okay, this is going to go very bad places very quickly. Um, Oh, but wait, that was just a hallucination. Just a hallucination. Thankfully, I guess, because it gets worse. Dark movie? Movie I'm happy I saw. I thought it was very well done. I don't need to see it again. Yeah, I was about to say there's there's a lot more I want to say on the darkness of it, but I in the I'll spoiler portion. Yeah, I'll save that for the end. Also, just just keep in mind when we get to the spoiler portion, it's going to get real. It's 
There's going to be things that are going to go down. So just not quite explicit, but not exactly family friendly either. So just be aware. Not exactly family. Not family friendly. That's right. who your family is. Oh, it's a, a weird family. <laughs> it's a weird family. It's a weird family. All right. So we want to do the thing that's like because you were kind of leading it. Is there anything else you want to say with the? No, because everything I want to say is a commentary on it. I think it's best. Safe but yet, so. w- were you happy you saw this movie? It was reaffirming, but I'll get to that. In the would end. you watch this movie again? I would make other people watch it. Okay, so that was going to be my next question. Would you recommend it to people? I wouldn't recommend it. It's not like... Oh, okay. You would tie them in a chair, <laughs> yeah. uh, clockwork orange style, and force them to watch it? No. All right. So it's not... You think this movie has a message that could be beneficial to Exactly. Them? Recommend makes it sound like, I really enjoyed it, this is great. What? No. This is... Feel good movie of the year. Yeah, it has a message. You know, what I said earlier about, you know, if you don't want your kids to do drugs, show them this movie... I don't want to say stand by it because it's it's such adult content. But <laughs> yes. I also, think, I think it would be counterproductive, but we can get to that in the spoiler portion. But I would say this movie definitely has a message, and I think it would be good for people to watch. It could be beneficial for people to watch, but I don't recommend it, quote unquote. Okay. Can we talk about the message without getting into spoilers? I feel like nope. I can, but can you? Nope. Because for me, I think I, I got a different message out of the movie. And I think the message is not just drugs are bad. Because I think that's part oh, no, of the message. Not just drugs but I think the message is we're all the same. Everybody's got a different drug, and anything left to its own devices can ruin your life. Whether that's weight loss pills or heroin or television or just trying to get ahead in life or whatever it is, obsession can ruin your life. I don't think it's drugs specifically, and it's specific. I think it's specifically trying to say that you want to demonize the heroin users but they're no worse than any other person in this movie because whether it be the Three Steps people or the Weight Loss people or any other group, they're all really screwing their lives up in various ways. You don't get to see all their stories, but it's basically saying you want to demonize these people, but if you're going to do that, you need to compare them to the other things that are just as bad that you would be willing to do because it's not heroin. (sighs) I want, there, uh, things I want to say, but so well, you, we can save the exactly. response for the spoiler portion. So, that is the end of the non-spoiler portion. We're not getting into the spoiler portion yet, but we're going to discuss things this movie reminded us of, things that are similar to it, some of which will be on Netflix, some that won't. For me, I discussed the fact that this was a movie I was happy I saw. I don't need to see it again. Yeah. Now, there are two movies that I generally pull as my examples of that, but I would say that they are more so than this, in that they're the two movies I'm going to mention here in a second are both movies I think are fantastic movies, just like this. I think this is a very well-made movie. But those two movies that I'm going to mention, I actively do not want to see them again. They are tough, they made me feel feelings I do not want to feel, and I think they were excellent movies, well-made movies. I am happy I saw them once. I do not want to watch them again. This is a movie, I don't need to see it again, but if someone went, you want to watch this, I wouldn't go, oh no, I don't need to see that again. Um, so it's not quite that level. But the two movies are The Road, which is only recently available on Netflix. might have been added the same day, actually, but within the last couple weeks. Um, Netflix is like, let's add all the depressing things. Based on the, the book written by Cormac McCarthy, which I have not read, which, but you have. Yeah, I was about to say, you and I are, are opposite on that one, where I've read the book, I've not seen the movie. So that that didn't phase me as much, honestly, The Road. Okay, well, you, granted, you haven't seen I'm, the movie. I version. have not seen the movie, but like, I would read the book again. I mean, it's not oh, like, yeah. And I would read the book, even yeah. though I wouldn't. Don't need to see the movie again. No. Um, and the other is Cannibal Holocaust, which is a 1983 Italian horror movie. Other than you mentioning, I've never heard of it. So. Uh, it's, it's actually very interesting. For anybody who's never seen it, I mean, again, n- neither The Road or Cannibal Holocaust or Record for June for children. Absolutely not. 
Um, but if you are an adult... Uh, road, road the book. Road the movie, absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. Like, I, I could... It gave me nightmares. Okay. As an adult. The, I don't get that. Maybe not the movie, but for a... Even like an early teen, I could give the... Because that's when I read it first. Okay. So, but I'm just saying like... And I haven't read the book, so I can't be like, you're exactly. wrong, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm just saying like, you know, it's one of those things where I think it, it, it's a... Com- all these things, I view them as commentaries on humanity. Right. And so I think that would be... Well, Cannibal Holocaust is interesting because whenever somebody goes, sees a found footage movie or a fake documentary and they go, oh, it's people doing Blair Witch. No, no, no. It's people doing Hannibal, Cannibal Holocaust. As far as I know, it's the original found footage movie. And it's kind of half found footage, half standard, quote unquote, movie. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very one, well done. The effects are great, not just for 1983, but for today. So great that, to get a little bit of history here... Some of the death scenes were so realistic and look so real, even to this day, that the Italian authorities, and I believe it's Italy, if I'm wrong on that, I apologize, but I'm almost 100% sure it's Italy. The Italian authorities were so convinced that these were real deaths caught on film, that it was actually a snuff film masquerading as a horror movie, that they arrested the director. Really? He did not make that easy on himself. You know why? Because he was like, yeah, we killed all these kids. He wanted people to think he killed people. So he, did he kill people? Have no, any no, no, of no. these actors been seen since? That's the thing. He paid the actors. I forget exactly how much money, but he paid them to stay out of the public eye for a year. Really? To give the impression that is it real? Is it fake? And then when he was arrested, had to bring them out of hiding to be like, no, no, look, I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> but it's a very interesting, very dark, very adult movie from violence to nudity to sexuality, all, all the things you wouldn't want to see. Yeah. But. Fascinating. I never need to see it again. It's very dark. It's very disturbing. But I would absolutely, if you were an adult and who likes horror movies or suspense or anything, recommend both of those movies. But this is to a lesser degree for that for me. This is a movie, like I said, I don't need to see it again, but I would if somebody was like, you want to watch this? Sure. Yeah. But I wouldn't seek it out again. Also, I just recently watched a movie on Netflix the other day called Antiviral. And I forget okay. the name of the lead actor, but he played Banshee in X-Men First Class. He also had a very small role as... Um, Oh, I forget the kid's name in Breaking Bad. But basically, whenever whenever Walter Jr. mentions his best friend, oh, he's going to come pick me up or whatever, that kid's only been seen on screen once, but it was the same actor. Okay. This movie, Antiviral, I think of it only because I've seen it recently and because it was also dark. I told you a little bit about this, but for the people who don't know, the idea is, very near future, celebrity culture has gotten even more pervasive. And now... Oh, this one. People, yeah, this is weird. People want the diseases that actors have had. Yeah. So Paris Hilton gets the flu. And granted, they're using fake actors in the movie, but Paris Hilton gets the flu. This company, and there's a number of companies, but the one you're focusing on, will go to Paris Hilton's house with her permission and buy her flu from her and then give it to people who pay for it. That's the weirdest part. And it goes yeah. beyond that. It goes to like things like herpes and, and other various disease. But the idea is like you want to be super close to your favorite celebrity well what possible way more could you than sharing something that's been through their dna interesting premise it's directed by um oh i'm gonna forget the act oh i forget who directed it now son of a famous director and this is his first movie very good the main performance is fascinating by the guy who was in breaking bad and uh and x-men first class it's basically by the end of this movie he has gone from kind of weird but normal-ish guy to the joker right before the dark knight it is creepy. The transformation is very well done, very effective. Um, John Hurt is... Is it John Hurt? I believe it's John Hurt is in the movie. Kind of surprisingly... Completely unrelated John Hurt thing. Dr. Can King? I just say, 
Did you see that poster yeah. that was released? That is the most beautiful thing I have the ever seen, Doctor and I can't stop cool. staring at it. But continue, sorry. But So it's a weird movie. I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but a good movie, a very good movie. Um, and certainly interesting to see if you like dark, weird horror movie premises. It's not really a horror movie. Again, it's kind of more suspenseful. If you don't like blood or vomit or any kind of fluids type things, if, those, if you're a hemetophobe or anything like that, um, not a movie for you. If you're but uh, fascinating, who's, who's the, who's the uh, judge on America's Got Talent? Um, Howie Mandel. Don't watch it. Yeah, <laughs> but fascinating, really fascinating, and just to look at celebrity culture and that kind of thing. Um, but weird movie. So, what are some examples of things you thought of, or things you'd rather be doing, or whatever? Things I'd rather. I, I, okay, so like I, I've joked about in a couple different episodes now that during series seven, all I wanted to do was something else. Like I, I hated it. Granted, this one I was building all these models that you see before you. Actually, I only built like five because it took forever. But it, it wasn't that I wanted to do something else. So I, it was. this was not one where I'm all like, screw this, I'm out. I, it was I more did. of a hard-to-watch type thing, right? Would you say? Uh, At some points. But a little bit. Especially okay. if you're afraid of refrigerators. Yeah. Again, <laughs> the, the fridge. I was rooting for the fridge. Like, I wanted the fridge to win because if the fridge... Well, let's wait to get into that for the yeah, right. question. Uh, so... I'll get into it to my. I'll I'll will simply stick to to what I thought about. I didn't really think of anything. So if you go by the trend of things I never want to watch again, I could throw out a couple things. I could throw out 100% Old Boy because I hate that with a fiery passion. <laughs> Such a good movie. I hate it. Um, you know, I could throw out things like that, but they're really dissimilar thematically. They're very exactly. Yeah. So you know, that's just going down the route of things that I never want to watch again. As far as thematically, like, I can hear what you're saying with The Road. Like I said, I didn't watch it. I read it. You know, I can't think of too much else that... What about, like, a train spot? Have you ever seen Train Spotting? No. It's available on Netflix. I recommend it. It's a very good movie. It's very different, but also yeah. deals with the dark, harsh realities of drug addiction. Uh, well, I, I think what, what this comes down to, and, and you and I have kind of talked about this before, about why I don't watch, like, Breaking Bad, why I gave up on Walking Dead... I don't like sad things. <laughs> like, and I'll get more into this when we talk about the end, but, like, I, I, I work with the homeless. Like, you know, I've, I've t- tutored inner-city kids. Like, I have interaction with this kind of stuff. Well, I'm not, like, with, with you know, straight-up, you know, people dealing drugs, but I have watched Thankfully. that. I, I, I have watched that, unfortunately. The world is so messed up. You're a little too close to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, why, why, you know, when I go and volunteer with with people doing this kind of stuff, do I want to come home and watch a show about the kind of same thing? Like, when I watch a show or read a book, like, I'm fine with it with a book being dark. Like, I, I don't know, you know, the order when things will come out, but um, we did a kind of episode where we talked about what we're, you know, playing, and I mentioned what I'm reading. Mistborn, like, it's a dark world. It's a world where evil won. It's been an evil empire for a thousand years. But it's still escapist, because it's not real. Exactly. And, but, you know, you know, good wins out, you know, all that sort of thing, where, you know, as long as there's good and good overcoming, I'm happy with it. Like, I will say I spend most of my time watching cartoons. Not, like, really little kid cartoons, but King of the Hill, Adventure Time, you know, stuff that's fun, positive, ends happily, everyone's happy, the end, you know. Like, I want a happy ending in what I watch and read. But the thing is, the world isn't that way. So why not escape to what is? I, yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, so that's just that for me. So I, I'm not the same way. I like sad things. Yeah. Um, I often regret watching them after I've yeah. watched them, where I'm like, I just want to kill myself now. But in a good way? Like, oddly enough, like, tiny furniture would be another example. 
in sad things. Um, if, you, okay. if you've seen the the show Girls, I don't think you've not seen it, right? The no, show? I've I've seen on Netflix the little tiny furniture, and that it says tiny furniture, but I've never really bothered to look it's, into it. It's the movie that uh, the main person behind Girls, whose name is suddenly escaping me, um, she's very good. Why am I forgetting her name? She plays Hannah in Girls, but. Um, well, if you know who she is, you know who she is. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. But the movie exactly. she did before that, her kind of like student film, is this movie called uh, Tiny Furniture. And it's very much like Girls, except not funny. I mean, there's some funny things in it, but it's more the dark parts of Girls without the funny. Okay. It's also very good. Weird. I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. Um, it's kind of a different movie, but it spoke to me. So, like, sad things oftentimes speak to me. And so I, I like okay. that. Not that I'm, like, an overwhelmingly sad person or something, but I, I like sad things. Like, I know some people, like, really hate the beginning of Up or certain portions of Toy Story 2, 3. Those are my favorite portions. Like, to me, like, I felt something. That's good. <laughs> you know, I'm not dead inside, you know. <laughs> um, and, like... You experience up, what the rest of us feel every day. Up, it's sadness. But in, in Toy Story 3, it's you have the one portion where it's despair and dread and, and sadness. But then at the end, it's like this beautiful, happy cry. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's like one of the fa- my favorite things I've ever seen on film. It it spoke to me on so many different levels. It was uh, brilliant. I, up, up is a different creature. Like, a lot of people are like, Up is so sad. Like, Up, I'm fine with, with that. Because it was a it was a good and beautiful thing that just by the nature of reality, was sad at the end. And then the rest of the movie was like, oh, we made this, like, ten-minute short. What do we do with the next, you know? Oh, I, just, I like the whole rest of the movie, too. Uh, see, that was, the rest of the movie was kind of weak. That first beginning To me, part, the whole but, movie is Carl coming to grips with that ten minutes. Which, which is definitely fair. Which is definitely fair. But, the, the you know, the, the point being, like, I didn't love I didn't love the the part in Toy Story three. I think we can go ahead. The and end it. or the middle part. The the Inferno. Okay. They're all going to die. The incinerator. The the them coming to it wasn't even like the problem with oh they're going to die. It was that moment when they turn to each other. They just kind of look at each other, hug each other, and accept it. That's just like, the road, oh crap, this got real. Yeah. It's not even like, you know, the typical in a movie where it's like, oh no, we're trying to escape. Oh, but we got out of it anyway. It was like a, this is this is the absolute and we're accepting it and we're taking it. Because we're with our family and we, are, we have fought as hard as we can. And yeah. It's kind of beautiful. And, and I'm not saying it's not, but again, there's so much of that in the real world like, why People not... be incinerated on Mars? I mean, granted, I'm sure it's some place in the world. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but just, like, but, but coming to grips with that, that sorrow, coming to grips with that and just accepting it and taking it, or not taking it and how it breaks you, and I think we'll get into that with that spoiler portion. Sure. Um, but, yeah, so I can't think of anything else that I... But sad things. In sad things in general, <laughs> Okay, yes. so we're going to now transition into the spoiler portion um, again, we'll try to keep it uh, PG in terms of our descriptions, uh, even though there are many adult things happening throughout this movie. But if you don't want to be spoiled on anything and just want to experience the sadness yourself, go check it out. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. Have a good week. Uh, otherwise, stick around, and now we're going to Yeah, you, you're going to get to hear Pierce rant. I'm going to let Jordan set up the uh, kind of end of the movie, and then I'm going to go on a rant. So. Um, so, spoilers. That's the last time I'll say it. Everything's goes bad in this movie. Um, Harry loses his left arm. From Which kind of happened suddenly, though. That infection was building for like 45 minutes of that movie. Really? Because I hadn't seen it at any point. Before. Yeah, there was, I mean, they don't point it out the first couple times, okay. but he's got it. He gets an infection from dirty needles or whatever, just unsafe heroin practices. Um, so his arm has to be amputated. 
Uh, Harry, did Harry end up in prison? Oh, not Harry, I'm sorry, Tyrone, does he end up in prison? Oh, absolutely, remember? Yeah, I, I couldn't remember if there was something after that. When they call him the N-word and, like, beat him? Oh, yeah, it was dark. Sarah ends up in a mental institution going on, uh, undergoing electroshock therapy and basically just losing her mind. Yeah. Um, she loses a lot of weight, though, too, so... Yeah, she fit in the dress, um, yeah. Marion is... is violated in certain psychological and sexual ways that are very uncomfortable. Can, can, I, can I go ahead and, and share the I thought I, I had hope for this movie? Okay, sure. Yeah, so... So she, she set up, they, they need money, they had a bunch of money, but then they had to bail one guy out. And well, Harry basically, because, I mean, Harry and Marion are the love interest, in case we didn't, you know... And so she, she's going into withdrawal, and so, well, what are we going to do? We need to get some money fast, we can't find heroin anywhere. Some things have happened that have made it very difficult to her- get heroin in the city. And what are we going to do? Well, there's this... I didn't want to do this, but there's this guy who likes pretty girls, who has access yeah, to heroin. Only, basically, they say that he only puts out four women. Yeah, so. um, in, in more graphic terms. But yeah. So she basically... She needs her heroin and money so bad that she goes to him, and at first he... And when we say he... Uh, what's uh, the actor's name? Keith David. Because or I David think it was Keith. very interesting... I think it's Keith, Keith David. Because I had just before that watched Pitch Black. He's also Admiral Anderson in, like, Mass Effect trilogy. Well, that's true. But, I mean, to see him as the very religious Muslim man in Pitch Black to this drug-dealing pimp, basically, yeah. was a, was an interesting, you know, day-to-day switch there. To and that. so he violates her, but he gives her heroin, so she's yes. kind of okay with it. Yes. Not really, but... And then he's like, come back tomorrow or tonight or whatever, and... Uh, so my friends will be here, and we'll get you set up with something. Yeah, and, and he keeps it kind of vague. vague. He's like, pretty yourself up. And so she goes in like a fur coat, she gets her hair done, all this, that, the other thing. And I'm assuming the worst, but there was a split second. There was a tiny, minuscule piece of time when I'm like, hey... They're doing something nice. This could be redemption in this movie. And see, for me, as as I was like, I know exactly, where, not exactly where this is going, but I know what realm this is going into from the beginning. Not from the beginning of the movie, from the beginning where he's like, show up here. I was like, oh, this is, I, uh, basically, I know this is Basically, he welcomes her into his house, and you don't really see much. There's not a lot of lights. He rounds a corner, and there's a bunch of people holding flashlights, I guess, and they kind of all point over, and they all kind of cheer. And my mind went kind of like to Eyes Wide Shut or something. And and my mind went to, uh, just for a moment, and and it was just this fleeting hope that obviously got crushed, but just, hey, what if this is like an actual group of people that just happen to be rich people that got together and they're having a nice dinner or whatever. And they happen to like heroin. And they all happen to like heroin. But which, they're nice, normal people. But they're rich like people heroin. with nothing better to do because if I've learned anything from Pulp Fiction, it's that rich people like to do drugs. But basically, well, I mean, that was the whole thing. She had nothing better to do. She was like, I look drugs, and that whole started that whole storyline. She was the... Wife, girlfriend, whatever of a mob kingpin. Yeah. Like, well, okay. So not just a generic rich person. My my hope was that he took her in and treated her right and intro- and introducing her to nice people. Not even well, not necessarily nice people because the rich people that do heroin, but like you know, <laughs> a, a community. Nope, that got crushed two seconds later when it's a ring of 
random, like, college-age students. Basically, she's forced to, with another person, put on a show. There was, like, four people at first. A a number of people that she's... It's it's a very explicit and uh, emotionally and psychologically scarring type thing that a person might be forced to do. And so, while physically she might get off better than the other people... Well, physically she gets off better than Harry... Um, I'd say emotionally and mentally, she's going to be just as scarred as, I, I, as Tyler even or Sarah. more so. Even and more probably so. even more so. I mean, well, I mean, Sarah, can't Sarah, Sarah's a different, a different boat entirely. I think because they each, the three, the three groups. I mean, and when we say groups, it's Sarah, um, Marion, and then Tyrone and Harry kind of together. There, their, their story most of the time overlaps. Well, it, it, it's it's the three aspects of humanity in that Sarah's mental, Marion's emotional, and the two of them are physical. Sure, okay, I can uh, see that. That scene where Marion has to... Before this, she has to sleep with another guy. Um, and the kind of skeezy... I don't know what his name was. Or oh, it was her therapist. Was, it, was her, it technically her therapist? or? See, I didn't get that from the movie, but that's what the summary I read said. Because I wanted okay. to like double-check on my facts. Yeah. But she, he was like a friend of her parents, who her parents wanted her to date because he wasn't a drug user and was a No, see, guy. I took it as... Not that he wanted, they wanted him to date her, but if it was her therapist... Or then they, then they, they wanted her to see him as a therapist, yes. but he had other... Yeah, and she didn't want that, so he said, well, either then you date me, or that happens. Right. So, and she needed money, and so she ended up sleeping with him, and just that, how it never really cut away from her, from like a middle shot of her, where he just kind of attacked her, uh, and then cut to her leaving, and again, it never leaves like a middle shot of her, and she, you just see her leave in kind of like fast motion, and just puke. Yeah, it was in the elevator in front of the building, or... It was, it was in a trash can right outside the building. Right, okay. There's a lot of very stylized shots like that in the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's a lot of insanity. Also, I had heard the music before, and I'm still trying to place where I had heard that music It's before. been used in a lot of trailers and a lot of other movies. Um, I can't think of specifically where you've seen it, but it has been used many places. There's a whole subsection on the Wikipedia article about other places it's been used. Yeah. Very, very mu- moving music. Very well timed, too, because they only did it in times of emotional or or whatever the distress is for that person. So the mental distress for Sarah, the emotional distress for Marion. But, yeah, I'm saving up my rant, so... I mean, I, I don't, uh, spoiler-wise, I mean, they all end up in the fetal position dreaming of their fantasies of either getting out of, the, on, out of the street or marrying the guy she wants to or Sarah getting on TV and her son having the perfect and, life. And, and that's not, like, a metaphor. Like, literally, it's each one turning and curling into the fetal position. In the same way, so it mirrors every time. Exactly, and then that's how the movie closes. Yeah. Like, that's it. Boom, done, over. No redemption, no happiness, nothing. And, you know, each one with a different image, too, as they curl up. Marion takes out a roll of cash and hugs it. Tyrone, you just get this image of his mom holding him right, as he baby. curls up in a ball. Sarah, as she turns to a, it's this, uh, what's, what's She's it? in the mental she's, institution. She's in the mental institution. But, uh, the television. I can't even remember why I, I couldn't think of the word television. It's, it's her, it's a transition to her in the television show. Like, you know, so it's all the things that they long for. I don't think they actually did one for Harry. Because I, I think because of... No, his, no, his starts... Because remember, he has he has the recurring one where he's running up the pier. 
to find Marion. Okay, yeah. So his is but a in little the second one, it's actually yeah. darker. Like the others have like happy ones, and his is he falls, he gets there, he falls the back, out there, and he falls off, backwards yeah. into the darkness. Which I actually thought they were going to go in a different direction with that because he falls, wakes up, says Marion, and the nurse is like, "Oh, we'll, we'll call," because it's him falling off. The, you know that shot of that falling off a building, and then Marion won't come for me. I thought it was basically him saying Marion jumped off a building after what she did. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't think he even knows what she did yet. Well, no, but I thought it was almost like a... like a Premonition. Premonition that she was going to kill herself, which they didn't go down that route. This movie, like I was saying before, something that I would never recommend as like a, oh, you should just check this out, <laughs> but like... Feel what, bored, you know? Yeah, you got nothing to do on a Saturday afternoon. Like, watch it with a understanding, especially if you really haven't experienced much like gotten to go out and work with people and that really live in that kind of environment like I think everyone should watch not everyone not everyone I think a lot of people are going to get off put and disturbed by a lot of it and confused by a lot of it too especially that whole portion it's where very stylized where, where Sarah finally snaps and that whole and if you don't know the what being on an amphetamine even a carefully regulated one like I was for ADHD if you don't know what that feels like it could I could see how you'd be like what is going on whereas yeah. I've never been to anywhere close to that but I would be like oh yeah the the sudden you know focus and clarity for the first time in your life is amazing and I can totally see how that could lead to you know with overdoing it and taking way too many and yeah. being crazy kind of start, and start off. And mixing the pills and all that stuff, yeah. Plus when your refrigerator's trying to kill you. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that goes back to, to my point of, when I was jokingly saying I was rooting for the fridge, like, <laughs> I was also a little bit serious in that because the, the fridge I actually wanted to be, I wanted to win because if the fridge won out, if the fridge won, because the fridge was a representation of her urges, her, her weight. Her, yeah. Well, not even just her weight, but her hunger, her... You know, and the, and the, but I mean, the, the hunger, the food, the, her, that's but also, but also her comfort, because that was what she turned to, because she was the way in the beginning when she was stroking the chocolate. She didn't just open up and, like, take a bite. She was like, ah. Oh. You know, that was her comfort. And in a way, I wanted that to win out, because then it would be forsaking all of that horribleness for and granted, it's, it's exchanging one vice for another, but it's one that's not going to destroy your life. Like, well, not to the same extent or at the same speed as meth, anyway. No, but the fact you know, the fact that she gained fifty pounds, the worst of it was that she couldn't fit into a dress. You know, so like that, you know, it didn't and have her end up crazy on a train. You know, so basically, the movie for me really pointed out th- that no one will ever have your back, and I really saw that trend, especially with the doctor. Where even when she went in for help, you know, and that clearly stylized, like, what's wrong? He never, the doctor never looks up. The doctor never looks her in the eye, never looks at her, like, the entire movie. He just stares down his clipboard, says something, turns around and walks away. Like, between that and the way Marion and Harry interact, like, it was so much of those that are in position to love you, to be there for you, are, ne- are only going to end up hurting you. And I thought that was a huge theme within the movie, too. Doctor should be the one to look out for you. You know, your significant other should be the one that should be looking out for you as opposed to trying to score and setting you up with men so that you can get money so that they can score kind of thing. Like, no one talks about going legit other than through drugs. Oh, the only way we can go through legit is get legit is through drugs. Like, why, why can't you get a job? And, and that's actually something that's actually a real problem is that when you talk to a lot of these people in real life, 
they don't think there's any other way to get out but through what they're doing. And in, unfortunately, in many cases, there's not. You will stay there for the rest of your life. Drugs or no drugs, you know. Yeah, drugs or no drugs. But like, you know, there aren't good jobs around there with benefits, or you know. But even, but but I mean, benefit. It's not like you know the drug dealers are offering you know four hundred one k's with full dental. No, like, but hey, if you need painkillers, you know, no, and, and, can't, you know, and absolutely prescribed because you don't have insurance. Hey, heroin. And absolutely, but, and this goes back to, you know, Marion's thing about really that, that sex thing. I don't even know really what to call it. A show? Show, I guess, yeah. Exposition? I don't know. But I, I've gotten some training in, in, in how to deal with, with people that, you know, are in that industry. And it's, the number one thing is they don't know how to get out. They think this is their own way. And, you know, I've dealt with, with homeless girls that have had to turn to that. And, you know, it breaks you. It breaks you mentally, physically, emotionally, and they don't think there's any other way out. And this is my rant, and I'm just going to do this on the fine. This is what really stood out to me in, the, in this movie, and, and that it was so reaffirming in this, that I've come across people like this, you know, that are in it for the money, that but are s- so broken because they don't see any other way out of it, but they don't see all their options. They can't see all their options because of the world they're in or because of the way that they've snapped. You know, like the the way Sarah broke down and snapped, I've come across a lot of women, men, that have snapped like that, and because of that, they can't get out of it. Well, um, I, I can't remember if I said this before we started recording or right in the beginning, but in many ways this movie is about the unattainability of the American dream in modern society. Yeah. You know, with just the way the class system works, if you start out without it, you're not going to get it. But everyone wants it, and so the things that they're willing to do to try and get it and fail are terrible in many cases. Yeah. But also it goes down to who can you trust, like, and who should you trust? <laughs> not the doctor, not the TV guy. Not your, not the... but also not your son, not your boyfriend, you know, not, not your girlfriend. I'm not, not yourself, but I mean, I think it's come throughout all humanity, like, we've come to realize that we need other people. We can't do whatever on our own, and this movie is just like, yeah, well, too bad, because other people suck, too. And other people are trying to face the same problems and also failing. Yeah, you know? or, or like Tyrone's girl. That parallel between that this girl and his mom, the moment he ran out of money, she was never to be seen again. While his mom, you know, all the, the flashbacks with his mom was like, you'll never have to prove yourself to me kind of thing. Like, And just the, the dichotomy of that of, well, one, also the, the moral of, you know, no one will ever love you like your mother. Um, I think that, you know, kind of shown through a little bit there, too. But just like, you can't trust the people that you're close to and and that broke my heart in that like i was saying to you earlier i just wanted to give everyone a hug at the end of the movie you know like that's really all i wanted to do because that's usually my reaction when i come across these people in real life that's what it was to me it's that i wish people would see this movie so that they can understand there are people like this and actually do something about it you know instead of saying oh that crazy woman on that bus we just witnessed the two hours that it took to build up to why she's crazy on the train. Everyone has a story, and why are we not trying to figure out what happened to them and get them help as opposed to saying they're crazy? Or like, you know, stripper or whatever you want to call what she became, adult entertainer. Like, we saw the hour and a half leading up to why she did that thing, you know? So everyone has a story and a broken trail, and why are we not doing something about it? So, that's yeah, my little, probably 15-minute tirade in that. So. Oh, well, it's absolutely fine. Uh, do you have anything else to say about the movie before we close this out? No, no. Yeah, sorry everyone that it got really dark and real there. So Hey, well, the movie was very dark and real, so it makes sense that our episode would reflect that. Oh, give a sad person a hug this week. 
give just give anybody a hug. This give week. give people and hugs. next week too for extra credit. And smile, just smile, please. Thank you. Should we tell people what the next movie we're going to do is, so they have a chance to watch it before the episode comes out? Sure, we can. Are we doing the one that you were that you were suggesting before? Yeah, I think so. So this is Pierce's choice, uh, Requiem for a Dream. My next choice is a movie I'd seen before and I recently watched again, uh, and and complete one eighty from this, and so. I enjoyed quite a bit, especially the second time more. It is late nineties movie, I believe. I don't have the information in front of me, but it is just recently available on Netflix. It's called Pootie Tang. P O O T I E. T-A-N-G, directed by Louis C.K., starring Chris Rock and a number of other people. He was also the executive producer. Yeah. It's kind of a spinoff of the Chris Rock show in that Pooty was a character from that show and now he gets his own movie. It's, in my mind, very similar to like a Black Dynamite in that it is yeah. playing with the conventions of a black exploitation movie, but whereas I would say Black Dynamite was them trying to do a smart, funny version and succeeding, this is them trying to do a stupid funny version and succeeding yeah. and both work for me quite a bit there's a number of I wouldn't say I like it as much as Black, Black Dynamite, Dynamite which is a ton of fun I don't think it's available on Netflix anymore but really Black good Black Dynamite grew t- it was tiring and we can get we can get to that one we, we, we should talk about, about it then yeah. I recommend it and we will be watching that for the next time which might be another couple weeks before I'm about we get to, say, to probably it probably a month or so yeah but uh, so if you want to get ahead of the curve and watch it before the episode comes out check it out it's on Netflix it's a lot of fun not for kids like pretty much any of these movies probably about but no, eh, Troll Hunter you could probably show a kid, but probably yeah. Uh, and you have not seen this one, so no, I have not. I will have seen it. You have not, and that will be our next one. So until next time, I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. This has been Jersey Shore. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at Jordan at LegionOfDudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N at LegionOfDudes.com, or follow me on Twitter at Jordan F R M Jersey. Mm-hmm.